Life is a process. It is a journey. And I don't know about your journey this week, this day, this hour, but I am certain that you have multiple processes happening simultaneously. I think sometimes we call it spinning the plates or juggling all the balls. I particularly feel like I wear a lot of hats, (laughs) a lot of different aspects of life. We are all working through the processes. Well, as believers, it's not just us working but it's God working in and through us. And as we continue in our Advent series, Worth the Wait, today we're going to talk about God's process. His timing is not our timing. His ways are not our ways. His logic is not our logic. It's all so much higher. And here's what we can know for sure that in the processes of our lives, he has his hand right in the midst of it with us. And we can learn a lesson about that through the processes of how he brought Messiah into the world. Today, I have the privilege, just like last week, of having Pastor Richie Fike here in the studio with us. He's going to be talking about this second conversation in the Worth the Wait Advent series as we talk about God's processes in bringing Messiah into the world. So I'm going to cue the intro and then we'll be right back to hear this conversation with my friend. Discipleship starts with a conversation. Sometimes that's easy, but sometimes we're not sure where to even begin. This podcast is created to inspire us about scriptures and relevant topics so that we can walk closer with Jesus and then have meaningful biblical conversations with those God has entrusted to us. Hi, my name is Tasha Williams, and I'm the founder of the Family Disciple Me Ministry. We believe that no matter what our age or stage in life, devotion, and discipleship are God's calling on every one of His followers as we seek Him, speak Him together. So let's skip the intimidation and get straight to the conversation. Today, as we dive into the second conversation in this Advent series, I'm here in the studio with my friend, Pastor Richie Fike. I have known Fike for two decades now. I was figuring it out. Have I gotten better with age? You have gotten better with age, Fike. I Thank appreciate you. that. <laughs> I think hopefully I've gotten better too. Words so. of affirmation. That's my love language. There so, we go. Yeah. There we go. Well, Fike is a longtime friend. He was the worship pastor at Vanguard Church for many years. And now he serves as the lead pastor at Vanguard Tri-Lakes. And in case you didn't catch the last podcast, he is the one who launched the Worth the Wait series for Vanguard Church for this year. And I loved it so much that I said, Bike, we have to coordinate our efforts. I want to use this for Family Disciple Me. So thanks, Bike. Man, I'm excited to be here. Yes. Well, last week we talked about worth the wait regarding God's promises and so many things to think about there. I really personally, as I've been thinking about all of that, your message that you wrote That message being delivered at Vanguard Central by my husband, me studying your notes, writing the conversation. I've been so encouraged by God's promises in my life Mm. to hold on to those promises, just like all of God's people in the Old Testament, beginning with Abraham, had to hold on to God's promises. Sure. So encouraging. 
Today, then, we arrive to the next conversation in that, and the conversation that you chose in our series, the next P, since yeah. we're going with alliteration, yeah. is the process. Yeah. And waiting is a process. Oh, it's the worst. Isn't it the worst? It is. Do you love the DMV? I do not. <laughs> and I have five kids that I've gotten to wait there for driver's oh, license and permits. And... We, we came back uh, from Nebraska for a funeral last Friday and stopped at the Nike store in Castle Rock. We walked up and there was a line around the block. And I said, I'm not waiting in this line. <laughs> like it's we have done everything we can in, in our culture to eliminate waiting from mm -hmm. our culture. Mm -hmm. Right. And yet. God has not eliminated it in his process. Waiting is a big part of our refining and how he works on us in the process. Do you trust me? Do you believe mm -hmm. me? Will you follow me? Will you let me lead? Or do you need to be in control? Right? Like mm -hmm. it's all of that stuff. And the Lord's just like, trust the process. Keep waiting. Well, talk to us about that because that process began with a specific promise to yeah. Abraham that the whole world would be blessed right. through him. As that story unfolded, God sent more and more messages to his people through his prophets saying, I'm sending a savior. Talk to us about that wait, that process. Yeah. And how much did the prophets of the Old Testament even understand about what they were saying? When Isaiah talks about this Messiah who will be lifted up and who will be marred beyond recognition, does he understand that he's talking about the same person, that he's talking about Jesus who was lifted up on a cross for all the world to see and who was marred and beaten and bloodied for us? Did he understand that? Of course, he couldn't understand the fullness of it, right? That that was the same person yeah. as that baby that he prophesied. That's right. That he would be born, that he would be mighty, uh, wonderful, mighty counselor everlasting father, all of those things that mm -hmm. we sing every Christmas. Mm -hmm. And we talk about this this promise and this gift that is Jesus. Uh, but the whole process, I mean, I said it last week, 1,762 years pass from the moment that, he's, that Jesus is promised to this old man, Abraham, Father Abraham had many sons mm -hmm. and many sons had Father Abraham. By the time the promise actually comes in, in the form of Isaac, Abraham's 100 years old, Sarah's 90. And they're like, what is, what's <laughs> happening? They have no way of understanding what God's going to do. And I think the parallel for us is the moments for us when the Lord speaks something to us, when he gives us a promise, when he tells us about the life that he has prescribed for us, we're not going to see it instantaneously. And we may not even understand the fullness of the promise he's making. And I think that's just a beautiful part of the way the Lord leads us. It is such a beautiful way that God leads us. I am so encouraged by the fact that as God led them, even when they didn't understand all that he was doing, they couldn't see all of it. There was no way they could understand it all. They kept trusting God generation after generation, passing faith on to those who would hold on to it, grab it as their own, and then they would pass it on. That really is the story of the Old Testament. Many walked away from God, right. but Many held on to him and his promises. And Matthew 1 is a beautiful genealogy that basically narrows it all down into this streamlined statement of God's promise of those who waited on him. Yeah. I mean, you've got people like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You've got kings like David and Solomon and Rehoboam. 
Uh, you've got broken, incredibly broken stories like Perez and Hezron and Tamar. Obscure people like, you know, when you read a name like Aminadab in Matthew 1, <laughs> mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, who is this person and what's the story? Well, it's in the Old Testament. Go back and look at these stories of these normal people. And then when we get to Joseph and Mary, who are all part of this lineage of, you know, Jesse and David and all of that stuff, it's like these are just ordinary people. These are not like extraordinary, the cover of People magazine people. These are the people that you would never even think to talk about. Mary's a teenager and Joseph's the son of a carpenter. These are not extraordinary people, but God's going to do something extraordinary through them. And I think throughout that whole lineage in Matthew 1, if you were to go back and just do kind of a word study or a lineage Mm -hmm. study on each name, it'd be fascinating to see why did God choose these people? Because he works through ordinary people, obscure people, broken people. He works through kings and leaders. He works through faith. And I think that's the part of the process that's so fascinating. And that completely speaks to us our families, our children, our ministries. We don't have to be something, something for God to work through us. He will work his processes through our lives, his way, his timing, his means, and he will accomplish what he has set out to do. Yeah. The old adage, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called, Hmm. right? He works in us and on us and through us until the place where we're ready to live out the, the promise or the process that he wants us to fulfill. Amen. Well, for Family Disciple Me for this week's Advent verse, the one that I chose was Matthew one twenty one mm-hmm. that says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Yeah. There's so much involved in that. Talk about promise. Yeah. It's there, but so is process. There were things that had to unfold for this verse to come true. Talk to us about that. And who is the angel speaking to in that moment? Mm -hmm. He's speaking to Joseph. Mm -hmm. Joseph, who's just been informed (laughs) that this woman, uh, this teenage girl, this very young woman uh, that you are betrothed to. And I think it's fascinating that that word is used. Uh, That's cultural. That's a Jewish cultural word, betrothed. They weren't engaged. Engagement is kind of a handshake agreement, like I'll see you on July 31st, mm-hmm. right? But betrothal is like, no, we have a covenant. Like we're together. It is promised unless something terrible happens. And and so what Joseph is considering when he finds out that this woman who he has not um, you know, shared a marital bed with is pregnant, he it says that he quietly decided to divorce her, which I love that picture because Joseph is a man of dignity. He's not going to shame Mary. He's not going to put her business in the streets. He's going to quietly and with dignity divorce her because she's obviously, you know, betrayed the covenant that they had. Mm. And the Lord comes and says, no, 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 something special is happening. This promise that I've been, that I've given for all of these years is about to be fulfilled through this woman that will be your wife. So what's cool about it is they have not yet shared the marital bed. She's pregnant. They're, they're betrothed to one another. And God waited for that moment to make it happen. The timing of it is incredible when you really think about it and the humanity of it, that God's going to use this broken to all the world's perspective situation to bring this beautiful promise to life. Fike, you said a phrase that I want to come back to. Yeah. Because it elicits a lot of hope in the wait. And it's the phrase, something special is happening. Yeah. And as we go through this Worth the Wait series, we're looking at the Christmas story, but we're also looking at our own lives. Mm. What if, as we just live our ordinary lives, 
with all the craziness, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, if we could live with the mindset that through the process, something special is happening. Right. You, you know, when we preach the promise sermon, uh, I I kind of, <laughs> I'm a songwriter at mm-hmm. heart. And so I, I preach that sermon, not with points in a sermon, but almost with a chorus. Mm-hmm. And so our chorus at Vanguard Tri Lakes, and you could listen to the to that podcast and hear it. It was cool. But our chorus was, when God speaks, we should listen. Mm-hmm. When God promises, we should believe. And when God commands, we should obey. And I think it's the same chorus that Joseph and Mary would sing as they walk through this crazy process of, you know, can't find a place to stay. Uh Uh-oh, the baby's coming. Where do we go? They have the baby in Bethlehem. Wise men are coming. Uh, You know, shepherds are coming from their watch by night, right? This beautiful moment, this nativity scene that we see that we put up on our mantle is this incredible moment of Joseph and Mary saying that when God speaks, we listen. And when God promises, we believe. And when God commands, we obey. Mm -hmm. And I think if they could preach a sermon to us, that's what they would preach. Hey, listen, when God speaks, make sure you're listening. When God promises, I promise you, believe it. He he never lies. What he tells you is the truth. Mm-hmm. And when God commands you to do something, it's not because he wants you to, you know, fall, fall in line, but it's because he has good for you. Obey it because good is coming. Amen. Well, I looked up the definition for process. Okay, good. To figure out the definition of it. And basically, a process is a series of actions or steps that must be taken or followed in order to accomplish something. Yeah. And this is what God is doing in us, right? As God works his processes in our lives, I love that you challenge us to listen to Mary and Joseph's testimony in that, to trust God's processes, to obey him, to listen to his voice. I also am encouraged by the testimony of King David, one of their ancestors, one of the people who received the promise but had to wait and be a part of the process. He wrote, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Fike, how does that encourage you in your life right now? I am uh, I am a controller. I, you know, if, if there were an, a controller's anonymous, I would be on the front <laughs> row every week, and I would say I failed this week again. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I I just like to have dominion and control over my life. So the struggle for me, my whole life, has been to just sort of unclench my fists and surrender. Everything that happens in my life to him, you know, our little baby church, Vanguard Tri Lakes. Uh, it's incredible how how much I can convince myself that its success, its growth, is contingent upon me. Hmm. It is not contingent upon me at all. So the Lord has called me to do this thing, to stand up in front of these people and to say to them, "My job is to equip you to go be ministers in the Tri Lakes area." Okay, so I've got a job to do. There's no doubt about it, Mm -hmm. but it's not contingent upon me. I have to trust in him. I have to wait to see it happen. And so when little things happen, I try to always remember that's that's that thing happened over there had nothing to do with me, had everything to do with God. So if I can keep that posture of surrender, that posture of, Lord, this is yours, it's not mine, if I can trust in his process to build it, because he's the one that asked me to come here. I didn't say to him, hey, Lord, just so you know, I'm going to go build this church for you. Mm. 
the Lord said, hey, I'm calling you to come do this thing. So be obedient. Trust in me every step of the way. Keep listening. Keep following my prompts. You know, some one of the points that we're going to make this week when we preach this sermon is that there's purpose in every prompt. Mm-hmm. It could be, hey, ask that guy to have coffee. Go speak with him. Go get to know him a little bit. Why, Lord? You don't need to know why. Hmm. I'm asking you to do this. Will you trust me? Will you let go of control and trust me? And that's the hardest part for me. But every time that I've done it, he's shown me that he knows better than I do. He's got a bigger you know, picture than I do. Like the Bible says that your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet. I wish it were a giant light that could let me see the whole field. No, it's a lamp unto my feet. I get to see the next step. And that's the biggest part of trusting the process. Will you take the next step, not knowing what the step after that is going to be? And just like that applies to your ministry, that's a big example, but it even more so applies to your family. It applies to our families that we obey God. We listen to his voice. We move when he says move. You wrote a song about that. That's right. But then we trust him in the wait with our families, with our kids. Yeah. Justice had a um, a really bad car accident mm-hmm. this year. He's our 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. He's about to go off to college. I don't want to talk about it because I'll cry. <laughs> um, I but, understand. Yeah. But uh, he had a big wreck, could have died, should have died. And, um, man, in the moment that it happened, I was thinking all kinds of thoughts. As a dad, I was thinking about protecting my kid. What can I do? And as you know, a car owner, because I own that truck, I'm thinking about the insurance and all that stuff. I'm thinking about the police reports. But I couldn't help but just be overwhelmed by the thought of, Lord, capture his heart in this moment. I can't do that for him. Mm -hmm. We can't make our kids Mm -hmm. follow Jesus or trust in Jesus. The best thing that we can hope for is that they don't have their parents' faith, but they have their faith. And that moment, in my opinion, as I was watching it unfold and listening to the things he was saying and the questions he was asking, I felt like, God, this is a moment where you can once and for all Give my son his own faith in you. Why did you spare his life? God, help him to ask that question. I don't want to ask that question. I don't want to be heavy handed. I want him to get to the place where he's asking that question, because then I think you can meet him in that place. And I think the best thing we can do as parents is to get our kids to have their own faith in Jesus. And sometimes that only happens when hard things happen. You know, you don't want to prescribe that for your kids. You want to protect them from all harm. But man, those moments are so important for the process of their faith coming to life. So many good things here for us to think about and ponder and meditate on, to pray about. Friend, as you meet with God this week. And then prepare to make him known, even through this particular Advent conversation. I pray that you will just be so aware of God's processes in your life. This series has made me think about that so much. Fike, thank you for just sparking the creativity for all of this. I'm so grateful. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. And and I do think that wherever your kids are, I have a six-year-old. <laughs> Who is, you know, in the, in a spot where he's learning how to be a first grader, even still, he's ADHD like his dad. He is the answer to all of my mother's prayers. Uh, <laughs> I hope you have one just like you, you know, and, and he is in a process where he's making sense of Jesus as a six-year-old. And I just think that this conversation, even if they don't understand the fullness of what we're talking about, the totality of the Bible, they can understand that the Lord wants to work in you today. In first grade, the Lord wants to do something in your heart, in your life, through your life today. 
Will you be willing to trust the prompt of the Holy Spirit? Are you listening for it? Have you tuned him out? You know, this conversation, I think, can open the heart of a little one. And so I'm I'm hoping that it will for my kiddo. Amen. I hope that it will for mine as well. Friends, as you listen, I want to pray the blessing over you as we close today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance toward you. And as you turn your countenance, your face toward him, and you trust his promise, you wait on him during the process, may he give you peace because he is, oh, so worth the wait. God bless you, friend. Be encouraged. Until next time.